Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's a victory Tuesday, my friend. The good morning, NFC East. Uh, Tone, I I gotta be honest with you. I'm on like maybe 20 minutes of sleep. (laughs) It's been (laughs) one of those nights already, my friend. How you doing? Oh man, I'm 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 doing good. Um, I'm probably working off of maybe two hours of sleep myself. It was a big day last night. Well, big game last night. Huge night for everybody. I'm just excited to talk football. I'm excited to talk Jalen Hurts. I'm excited to talk these Eagles. John, you know, well, excuse me, Jeff. Say my, my day, my, my my days are running together, right? My shows are running together. I got I don't have John until eight a.m. So, Jeff, I you know I, I need to know what, what, what's what's on your mind, man. Like this 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 is a very interesting victory Tuesday. Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback. That's what's on my mind. I mean, we want overreactions here. That was an unbelievable performance from QB one last night. Just completed his first what 11, 12 passes. Um, he was just. Jalen Hurts was on another plant last night against what I think is a pretty good defense. Eagles offensive line was great. Uh, they ran the ball well. It, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better first half from that football team on, on the offensive side of the ball. And then the defense was just as dominant in the second half as the first half. But, I, I mean, as the offense was in the first half. But I got to give Jalen Hurts – all, all the credit in the world last night uh, for all his doubters. They were really quiet. Yeah, he was willing and dealing last night. And, you know, I watched the game um, from beginning, middle, and end. Uh, we, we were doing post-production for the Jacob Sports, well, the Pond Lee Hockey post-game show where you can find it at Ocean Casino Resort. You know, we were covering the game from there. You know, I'm sitting next, I'm sitting next to guys like Seth Joyner, Derek Gunn, you know, Mike Missinelli. These guys are all breaking down this game. And – at the eye test doesn't lie. He was delivering the pill all over the field. The Philadelphia Eagles were taking advantage of the Vikings on all three levels, the deep ball, the intermediate, the short game, um, outside the numbers, inside the numbers. And what makes it even more special, Jeff, he was wheeling and dealing to the whole party. You know what I'm saying? He was he was walking he was he was walking around the he, he, Jalen Hurts was just working the room. Hey, listen, you you get an hors d'oeuvre, you get an hors d'oeuvre. We're feeding everybody. Everyone get, everyone gets a plate. It, it was just so exciting. I'm you can hear it in my voice. Just being able to see this kid prove so many people wrong. And granted, it was one game, right? But what people were waiting for, Jeff, people were waiting for him to defeat a quality opponent with quality players across from him, and he came out and did it like he's been doing it for years. But he didn't just beat them, Tony. He demolished them. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing. If someone told me last night, Jalen Hurts is going to have nearly 400 yards of total offense, 300 of which were in the first half, I would have said, okay, the Eagles are going to roll. And they did to an extent. It was only 24-7. to 7, And then 
I love what Jalen Hurts said after the game. Uh, man, we left a lot of money on the table. And he's right. They did. And that, that second half, I thought – I didn't think they got conservative at all. I just think the Vikings made enough defensive adjustments. And, I mean, look, Hurts' lone turnover was – should have been caught by Kenny Gainwell. They, penalties were bad last night. I, I get it. I don't want to get too much in the negative. But in the first half, just everything went right for that football team. A.J. Brown was open the whole time. Devonta Smith was open the whole time. The Quez Watkins touchdown, I saw him go by. I'm like, that's a touchdown. All, all Hurts had to do was see him. It's He threw two passes of 20 air yards last night, and then one of them was that Quez touchdown. I, I'll tell you what, Tone. The link was absolutely rocking when they saw Watkins get open like he did. Oh, man. You know what's so interesting? I'm looking at the, uh, the pass breakdown, right? I'm looking at the stats, the box score, and – A.J. Brown led, led the team with eight targets. Devontae Smith right behind him, seven targets. Dallas Goddard, six targets. And you see you see uh, two targets between Quez Watkins and Zach Paschal. Um, Kenny Gamble had two targets. Miles Sanders had three targets. Boston Scott had one target. The, and in that opening drive, Jalen Hurts hit, I believe, four to five different players. And I think one got called back because of a penalty, but – he hit about four to five different players on an opening drive. That was the story of the night for me. The fact that he was able to get it done and he trusted every single one of his teammates. Yeah, I agree. And one thing I really liked about this whole offensive explosion tone, like you said, everybody was getting targeted early. They got, they took care of the Devonta Smith no catch storyline right away. I mean, call it pass right off the bat. A.J. Brown was getting open, and look, I, you could tell the Vikings were trying to take away deep pass from A.J. Brown. That's fine. I think the Eagles showed they had a bunch of weapons, and one thing I like, too, about this running game, Miles Sanders, do you realize he he averaged 4.9 yards per carry last night had a quiet 17 carries for 80 yards? Wow. Wow. Can, can you repeat that step one more time, Jeff? I want to make sure I heard you right. <laughs> 17 carries, 80 yards, 4.9 yards per carry. It was a quiet – Ninth for Miles Sanders, but it wasn't like he had a really good game. And I, I think maybe because we were all caught up in Jalen Hurts running the football and doing like he did. And look, I, I just got to say this soon. I don't think Jalen Hurts cares if he cares the ball a lot or not. What they're doing is they're finding different ways to beat you every single week. And that's the makings of a really good team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, this was a big test. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the way we played the Detroit Lions and we were able to put a point against them. And we saw what the Detroit Lions did against the Washington Commanders. So that kind of validates that victory a little bit more. Uh, on top of that, when you think about the way the Eagles responded to the run game, last week they allowed nearly 200 rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken. This week they allowed, I believe, less than 60 rushing yards. They allowed a grand total they allowed a grand total of 62 rushing yards between Jalen Rager, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, and Alexander Madison. Uh, Dalvin Cook only had six carries. The Minnesota Vikings gave up on the run relatively early, which was pretty shocking to me. Midway through the fourth quarter, you know Jalen Rager was the Vikings' leading rusher. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely That's right. Run. That, that was it, and it was on the reverse, which is a really nice play. I, I do got to give the Vikings some credit. Look, we all know who Jalen Riker is. They did their best to try to get him involved in the game, and really he was the only one who made an impact play. Him and Irv Smith 
early in that game, but I gotta get into this whole Kirk Cousins thing. So what I mean, I know Kirk Cousins puts up a lot of good numbers, but there's a reason why Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. You saw that last night. Three times they were in the red zone. Three times the Vikings had a chance to get back in this game, and Kirk Cousins throws three interceptions. To me, that is unacceptable. You know, it's very acceptable for the Eagles, right? But when you think about Kirk Cousins' history, he's been trying to shake it. And he's been doing well for the past two years, you know, winning on Monday night. I, but he has a terrible record on Monday night. I think he's like two and two and what, ten. Two and ten. Two and now two and ten. That's not a that's not a random stat. That's not by accident. He cannot pull it off when the lights are the brightest. And that's been the story of his career. His numbers are far from pedestrian, right? His numbers are far from pedestrian. But when you look at his record, when you look at his um, when you look at the quality of his victories, it's he 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 can't get it done when it matters most. And he's been with the Minnesota Vikings for several years now. And there was a span where they had a defense. There was a couple years where they didn't. But the offense has always been able to put up numbers. And I believe sometimes good offense needs to overcome bad defense. And he's never been able to get it done in the grand scheme of things. Granted, his numbers far from pedestrian. But the quarterback himself, pedestrian. Yeah, and to me, this is the whole Kirk Cousins thing. I, look, Darius Slay, great game. Uh, absolutely great game. I, I I can't overstate the fact how well he played. I mean, he, he was covered Jeff, Justin Jefferson five times last night. He was the primary defender against Jefferson. Jefferson had one catch, one catch, for I think it was five yards, two interceptions. So, I, look, I'm trying to remember the pass rate. Oh, zero. It was a zero pass rate. I wrote the story on this last night. Darius Slay was in an all-pro last night. He does not get the respect he deserves amongst the media of how good he is. Everybody likes to talk about best cornerbacks in the game. You know, you always hear Jalen Ramsey, guys like that, right? I, you know, it, it, it's 7 in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking who the best cornerbacks are, but after last night on the primetime stage, Darius Slay deserves to be in that conversation. And he's right. He gets it amongst his peers. But the media does not give him that respect. He's always the forgotten man, whether he was in Detroit and now in Philadelphia. Now that you got James Bradbury opposite of you, he is the guy, Tony. He, uh, Darius Slay is getting the credit he deserves. He is an all-pro. He's a great player. It, and I think it's time that he gets that respect amongst the media. He, you know, it, it, it's long pass overdue, Tony. Long pass overdue. Well, here's the thing. You know, when it comes to the cornerback position, these guys stick their claim off of who they were able to limit, right? You know, these guys, you know, these guys collect tombstones in their yards. Um, Jalen Ramsey, you know, he's a top corner. Um, uh, the top, oh, the top corner for the Bills. I forget his name. Is it Tre'Davious White or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, Tre'Davious White. Uh, who else you have? Jace, um, JC, uh, Jackson, AJ you know, Terrell, uh, AJ Terrell. You know, there are top corners in his league, and I know I'm forgetting a handful, right? But I digress. Darius Slay got one of the most valuable bodies in his morgue last night. He put Justin, listen, this is not conjecture, this is not an over exaggeration, this is not hearsay, this is fact. Darius Slay put 
Justin Jefferson on the milk carton. Where was he? He was non-existent. He was not even on this planet. Darius Slay had this man in jail. He had him in Alcatraz. He had him in Rikers. He had him in Sing Sing, Jeff. Justin Jefferson was not a factor last night. Not many teams can say. Not many corners. And I'm excited about this, Jeff, because this is so huge for Darius Slay's resume. This is so huge for his career. Because I feel like Darius Slay has not been given the respect he deserves. I, I know he gets the respect from his peers. But I'm talking about on the ground, in the grand scheme of things. He hasn't gotten the respect he deserves. Darius Slay is arguably a top five corner. Matter of fact, I'm call, he's a top five corner in this NFL right now. At the right last play, at the right last play, that, yeah, that's not a hot take, Tone. I mean, if you was probably said that yesterday, this would have blown up all over the place. We're like, who, what's Tony Shields talking about? No, after last night, not too many people shut down Justin Jefferson in this league. Uh, the last time Justin Jefferson was shot down was probably week one of his rookie year because he wasn't getting the ball yet. <laughs> he wasn't Justin Jefferson yet. That, that didn't come to week three. But – yeah, Justin Jefferson, I, I thought he was going to get his last night. I thought he was going to get a lot of yards, maybe get a touchdown in there just because of the way the Eagles play defense. And, no, Jonathan Gannon dialed up the pressure. Again, I, we said this yesterday. The Vikings offensive line was not good, especially on the interior. They're fine at the tackle position, but Fletcher Cox, again, found the youth last night. Four pressures, sack, three hurries. He looked like the Fletcher Cox of old. Um, Javon Hargrave. At a solid game, he got pressure. Josh Sweat had five pressures and a sack last night. The Eagles defensive line lived up to what we thought they were going to be in training camp, what we thought they were going to be this offseason. I, I, I honestly can't find a, a poor effort from anybody on that defense last night. When you hold an NFL team in this day and age to seven points with Kirk Cousins, with Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen, who, by the way, I forgot played last night, when – Oh my god. Yeah, he was come on, man. I never thought I would say this. And Mike Missinelli said something really funny. He he said, uh, thank you, Adam Thielen, for not showing up. But um, is he done? Like, where is he? Like, like like did he like did he mail it in? Is he checked out? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Adam Thielen, James Bradbury did his did his job last night. Everyone in pass coverage, this is two weeks in a row where the pass coverage has been pretty decent. Today they took it to another level. TJ Edwards got in on the action. You know what I'm saying? He was he, he was keeping up with tight ends last night. Now, granted, I don't want him doing that regularly, but it just seemed like the Eagles were flying to the ball last night. They were tackling um significant significantly better. And that kind of just makes last week look like early season jitters, you know, being in a rough environment, an extension of the preseason. I have a feeling this is going to be this. This is closer to the true Eagles that we're going to see. And it's only going to get better. That, that team has still so much to clean up from last night. I still I think Eagles defense and maybe this is a message for John McGann down. Hey, look, we had 16 missed tackles last week. Let's clean that up and we'll see how good we actually are. Because I think that was the source of their problems. And I don't think Gannon really dialed up that many blitzes last night. I, I I think he sent the pressure when he had to, especially in the red zone. That was the difference in the game, the red zone defense. I mean, Darius Lake getting the intercept, two interceptions. Vontae Max getting that interception. Making Kirk Cousins feel below average. And look, as you said earlier, Tone, two and ten record on Monday Night Football. The 167 win percentage is the worst for any quarterback with at least 10 starts in Monday Night Football history. And Darius Slay made this team pay. Like, the, the Eagles refused to let the Vikings beat them. 
And the Vikings didn't get a lot of yards overall in the game. Like, there was a – I think there was a point in this game where Jalen Hurts had 301 total yards and the Minnesota Vikings had 92. I mean, that's just how good the Eagles played in the first half. And I agree with the Eagles. They're, they're, I think they know they're a really good team, Tone. I, I really do. I think the Eagles know they're a very good team that have a lot of holes to fix. And they got a challenge this week, and we'll get to that later in the week. But if we're going off just reacting from last night, the Eagles made a statement to the to the NFC that they're one of the better teams. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And we have uh, our guy, Mike Gill, in the background. We're going to punch him up in a little bit. But I have a couple more things I want to broach with you before we talk to Mike. Um, you know, what? You know, another thing that stood out to me, the third down efficiency, they were they were over 50. They were over 50 percent, I believe, about 56 percent on third down. Uh, this Philadelphia Eagles team weren't, wasn't in, wasn't in any fourth down situations that they had the force at all. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles were able to run a total of 68 plays compared to uh, the Vikings 59. Uh, the total yards for the Eagles 486. Total yards for the Vikings 264. You know, it was just it was just it was just two different teams, two, uh, two different teams playing in two different um, levels of gravity. You know what I mean? Uh, I just can't I can't get over how dominant they looked and again this was a this was a game that not only did this team need but Jalen Hurts needed everyone kept saying Jalen Hurts has not beaten a quality opponent who has he beaten who has he beaten well now he's beating a Minnesota Vikings team that just beat the Green Bay Packers let's not let that go unnoticed as well granted it was week one but the Green Bay Packers should have won that game last week it was too many miscues on their part but at the end of the day, the Minnesota Vikings did their job at home last week, and we did our job at home this week. And hey, listen, if the Vikings beat the Green Bay Packers in week one, I don't want to jump off a bridge, but can the Philadelphia Eagles run with the Green Bay Packers? We play them later on in the year, and things are still going to take shape. But this Philadelphia Eagles team is extremely, extremely potent when they have everything flowing. And again, they have so many things to clean up, so many penalties on the offensive line. I know Jeff Stoutland's going to get in these guys. Once again, you know, too many illegal man downfield penalties that has to get cleaned up. That has to get cleaned up because there were so many, so many plays, so many productive plays taken off the board because of that. And another thing that kind of threw me off, his his best pass of the night, and then we're going to get Mike Gill up here, his best pass of the night was called back. He was rolling to his left, and you can tell he was feeling it. That, that's what you call a heat check throw. That was a heat check. He was rolling to his left. He just threw a dime. I believe it was Dequez Watkins or Devontae Smith. It was one of those guys. It was. I I, I got to remember this play, too, because it was funny. I was, I'm re-watching the game at, like, 4.30 in the morning trying to do some CBS work, and I think it was Devontae. Maybe our commenters can remember this play better than I do. But either, either way, point aside, before I get Mike on, the Eagles are winning football games because of Jalen Hurts. How can you hate that? That's just two in a row. That's two, That's in, two a row, in a row. Yep, yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to go to break quick. We'll get Mike Gill. We'll talk about this game. We'll talk about some RMCE stuff right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. 
It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Today. I made a quick phone call in the Gill. Gill responds. He delivered just like Jalen Hurts did last night. How you, how you doing, Mike? Doing good. My uh I got to bed sometime after what one o'clock. I'm up and ready to go. Got my I coffee. <laughs> the old dub V mug coming up big for me today. I I'll, I'll tell you what, Mike. I just want your initial thoughts on this game. Uh just an incredible, incredible performance by Jalen Hurts and Darius Slay last night. Yeah, now I will say, I mean, as much as we were frustrated and had questions about last week, I think this is the ultimate look. It's a week-to-week thing. Does that mean Jalen Hurts is going to come out looking like the MVP of the league every single week? No, but what you hope is that he has some sort of consistency to start building on top of that where you feel like they're winning because that he has a part of why they're winning, right? Not, oh, what's Jalen Hurts going to give me? You can now see the level he can play at. And that's an exciting thing about last night is he could dial up a game like that at any point. Throws the ball down the field. He showed that he had the arm. I thought he hit a lot of tight windows. He hit receivers in stride. He had accuracy, decision-making. He was patient last night. He didn't just take off. I thought you saw a complete game from him. Does that mean you're going to get it every single week? No. But I think that's why... You know, as fans, 
we want to break down and dissect every moment in front of us in this social media era. But you got to take a step back and understand, like, Last week, we're complaining they gave up 35 points against Detroit. The defense stinks. John Gannon has to go. Well, we talked about it on my show yesterday. John Gannon didn't call an awful game. They didn't execute. If they tackle, the, the game is different. And last night, did he call an, a, a great game? I think he called a similar game. He threw some more pressure at times. He had the pulse. And I talked about it last week. I said it's like getting a present on Christmas ripping open the box and not reading the directions. And then once you play with that toy for a little bit, you're like, uh, I got to read the directions. I don't know what the heck I'm doing here. Well, I think he read the directions a little and had the pulse of his personnel a little bit better in week number two. So it was an overall complete effort from the quarterback all the way down to the coaching staff last night. Fletcher Cox said it best when I was at his locker last night. It was pretty much the same thing. We executed better. And I think he, he meant to say, look, we tackle better. And, the Eagles took advantage of the Vikings being terrible on the interior of the offensive line. You saw that with Cox last night. You saw that with Hargrave. Uh, Jordan Davis, I don't even know how much Jordan Davis played last night. I'll have to check. 21 snaps. 21 snaps. So basically, the same 21 snaps he played the week before. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you're right, Mike. Nothing really changed. And Fletcher Cox kind of pointed that out last night. It's, look, we they tackled. They, they made the plays in the red zone. And, yeah, they, did the Eagles have a couple – lapses on defense yeah, not yes and no like I, I think they let the Vikings get their yards but when push came to shove Minnesota couldn't do anything Minnesota could convert on third down the Eagles corners had a great game last night specifically Slay obviously but I thought Maddox played great um you talked about the pressure they didn't blitz a whole heck of a lot but they did pick their spots and when they blitzed they, they sent pressure up the middle a lot which is the weakness of the Vikings line you saw TJ Edwards getting some uh, push up the middle uh but overall that's the difference you talk about what you saw from Detroit Detroit's skill players aren't as good as Minnesota's but Detroit's lines better and that gave the Eagles a little bit of problems getting more pressure the Vikings offensive line has always been their issue and it forces Cousins into mistakes and it forces him into decisions that he doesn't want to make. He threw that ball up where he just gets it out because he's just got pressure in his face and that comes from the pressure coming from up the middle. So we talked about it, I think maybe last week or maybe I was with Jody and, and John, if we're talking on Tuesday that the Eagles didn't get enough pressure up the middle, then that's a problem. And last night they got pressure up the middle. They didn't have to compromise by blitzing. And because they didn't have to compromise, they had great coverage in the secondary. That's the trade-off. If you blitz and they catch you, you are left in the back end with less guys. The Eagles didn't have less guys last night. They had guys all over the place swarming, breaking up third down. So, Again, we go back to the John Gannon thing. I think a little bit of his execution, what I'd like to see more. Look, if you're not getting enough pressure, you got to manufacture it somewhere. So there are weeks. If you play Detroit and their offensive line is neutralizing you, all right, you might have to send some more pressure. But when you're playing Minnesota and their line's not as good, then you can pick your spots and then you see that the defense actually does work a little bit. Now, conversely, Minnesota runs the same defense and they got torched last night. Why? Because the Eagles' line at the point of attack just dominated. They dominated up front last night. The Eagles' offensive line absolutely destroyed Minnesota. 
and their defense sat back in that zone, and Hurts just had a field day. But we saw that Hurts can have a field day. If you're going to let him throw, he's going to pick you apart, and that was refreshing to see. But Minnesota runs a similar style of defense, and it didn't work for them last night. It's all about execution. And this is where I, I definitely – how can I put this in words? So I, I tweeted this earlier. Minnesota had 18 pressures last week against Green Bay. Green Bay was – Green Bay's line is iffy. Yeah, and they didn't have their top two tackles, right? They didn't have Jenkins, and they didn't have back at the yard. So that makes a big difference. They had – I think it was seven quarterback hits, five sacks. I, I forget the exact numbers in front of me. The Eagles only allowed seven pressures the entire night. So I'm looking at it as, okay, they're facing a healthier offensive line. I did not hear this is Darius Smith's name last night. I forgot he was even on the Vikings. Um, Daniel Hunter I knew was on the Vikings because he did get a sack, although that was more of, uh, you know, a botched play more than anything else. But yeah. uh, overall, though, like, outside of a Patrick Peterson, like, play or two, the Vikings' defense was pretty much non-existent. Non-existent. The only existence they had is that the Eagles had seven penalties or something ridiculous. The the illegal man down field. I, you might see that once or twice a year. They had it three times last night. One was egregious. The other ones were. Um, they got to clean that up. The 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 um, but the offensive line was, was I thought was a big difference in the game. I tweeted this out with about eight minutes left in the third. 24-7, you know, this is where the Eagles offensive line can just crush your will because they can just drive block you off the ball and you can run the game out. If the Eagles are up 24-7 to with that offensive line, they should be able to run a game. And in fact, they should have run the game out. And that was when they threw the ball, the, the, the screen to Gainwell and Gainwell kind of bounced off his hands and Minnesota got the interception, you know, so they're trying to do something kind of safe and Gainwell kind of bounced off his hands. But their offensive line, if the Eagles can get a lead, you can run behind that lane, that line and almost run a quarter and a half out of a game to, to shorten games up. That makes them very difficult. So I thought the line was a big factor. They don't get a lot of credit. Jason Kelsey was ridiculous last night. You know, they showed the one where he's blocking a guy. He gets off the block and then blocks another guy and Hurts follows him up there. And, I mean, you're getting just such athleticism up the field to, to kind of extend plays. The line was a huge factor. But keep in mind, we talked last week. Well, A.J. Brown had 13 targets. Well, last night they showed they can spread it around and the other guys could beat you too. If you're going to let Devonta Smith sit in, in, in zones all night, he's going to torture you. I, it almost felt like the passing game was a death by a thousand cuts, Mike. Uh, you know, like you said, Devonta Smith tortures you. A.J. Brown got open. Dallas got, got open. And then all of a sudden, you just see them have a lapse in coverage and Quez Watkins is open by 20 yards. I, I, I just remember watching that play from the press box. I'm like, how did he get that open? And I'm like, I hope, uh, yeah, it hurts all because he got rid of the ball. And, uh, if you saw, Jeff, there was a play, Minnesota, uh, the, the tight end who's wearing 84, who should uh, has no business wearing. What's that? Her Smith. Smith, right. Who has no business wearing Randy Moss's number, by the way. Disgraceful. That's a disgrace that anybody's wearing 84. And it shows you because they ran a play and Smith dropped that pass. He was wide open. But why? Because the Eagles defense had their eyes on Justin Jefferson and that froze everybody. Conversely, the Eagles, same thing. They ran that play to Watkins and everybody stopped for Goddard and looked where Goddard went. And Watkins just ran right by everybody. And that's the game. That's the throw 
that Hurts shows you that he can make the big-time throw if necessary. 53 yards, bang down the field. Probably not even his best throw of the night, but he hits him right there at the end zone, wide open. But all the attention is at Goddard, and it shows you when you have all these weapons that the defense, you're going to catch them maybe once or twice a game where there's a blown coverage or there's too much emphasis on one guy and then the other guy runs past you. You're going to see a lot of that this year. You know, Mike, this whole performance from Hurts, not just throwing the ball, but running the ball, that third and six, it's like, okay, you got the first step. Great run. Not only does Hurts do that, he spins past a defender and then just uses his legs, just basically uses the old football adage, the low man wins, gets into the end zone. To me, that's grit. That's determination. That is everything you want from a Philadelphia athlete right there. And Jalen Hurts provided it. I, I I just don't understand how you can hate the guy after a run like that. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point. Uh, how can you hate the guy? Well, because he's not the guy you want him to be. I used to say about McNabb, the guy is great. He's just not the great you want him to be. Um, Hurts could be similar, where he's a great quarterback. He's just not the great that you want. You know, and a lot of people want this their great quarterback to be. You know, six four. Long, you know, standing in the pocket, just delivering passes, pitching and catching all game. That guy is a is a dying breed. You know, look at the football world we're living in. On Thursday nights, we're firing up Amazon Prime. You know, we're 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 doing things in a completely different fashion. We have to evolve with the times. You have to evolve and realize right now. Look at these quarterbacks in the league, and then ask yourself which of these things are doing their own thing. Tom Brady is doing his own thing. Aaron Rodgers, he's doing his own thing. The rest of the guys look a lot more like Jalen Hurts. So last night, we were asking on my show yesterday, who would you rather have, Hurts or Cousins? Cousins is your classic stand in the pocket, deliver the football. No one's really enamored with him all that much. If we could just shift our minds to this is what we're watching. Now, I'm not saying that Hurts is a finished product. He's not a great, great quarterback today right now. But I think we're starting to see that it is in there, that there is a great player in there. Now it's about consistency. You know, we talked about it on my show and maybe even yours yesterday, which is these guys aren't ready to play. They come into the league. They didn't play enough college football. They used to stand on the sidelines and watch. Now they're getting thrown right into the league. The game is moving so fast. They're making so many mistakes. And the coaches are now coaching with the premise that my quarterback's not ready. So I have to coach in a way that I know my guy's not ready to play this position. You go look at guys like Justin Fields. Look where Murray is. Even Kyler Murray, he's still just running around making plays. Yeah, when he gets time, he can deliver one. But these offensive coordinators, they're not designing plays anymore where you're like, okay, read your first guy, read your second guy, read your third guy. They're saying, if that guy's not there, go to the next guy and get it out, right? They're not even teaching these guys how to play quarterback anymore. So Jalen Hurts, I think, last night showed you that there is greatness in there, but it's got to be about consistency now. How many weeks in a row can he pile that type of performance up? I've talked to Justin Herbert quite a few times over the years, and I'll just say this. He loves Shane Steichen. He said Shane Steichen did so much for him his rookie year, telling him this, uh, uh, exactly what you said, Mike, just telling him your second read, your third read, make, make sure to do it, and taking the pressure off him running the ball. 
guess what? Shane Steichen is doing that with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you can tell Steichen is teaching Hurts a lot about the game of football and just intricacies. Uh, during the game, before the game, after the game, it's Jalen Hurts is a smarter quarterback because of Shane Steichen. And I, I'm afraid, Mike, because the, if Shane Steichen keeps up this play calling and keeps up what he's doing over the last two years, he's going to be a head coach next year. Well, I saw somebody tweet last night that Shane Steichen's gone. I forget who it was, but I laughed. I said, you know, if he if the Eagles offense looks like this consistently, you're not going to look like that every single week. And quite, quite frankly, they put up 31 points last week. They, they You know, 38, but seven came from defense. They scored 31 points last week, and we were not happy with what the offense – I wouldn't. I didn't care, but, you know, they didn't spread it around enough. Okay, you don't spread it up, around enough. Next week, I'll throw it to every single guy. The first drive was a thing of beauty. It was like, we don't spread it around enough? All right, first drive, let's dial up this 15-play uh, scripted sheet. I'm going to throw it to every single guy on the field. Um, yes, if Shane Steichen keeps dialing up game plans like this – now, I'll ask you, are you – I don't want to say concern, but any bother that we're talking about this, how good the offense looked, they didn't score in the second half. Is that a problem? I'll tell you what, it, to me, it would have been a problem today until you got guys like Jalen Hurts who go up to the podium and say, not satisfied. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm not satisfied about. We left money on the table. You know, it wasn't good enough. And I, I just think as long as they have that leadership in that room, a guy who keeps that team grounded – Guys like him, guys like Jason Kelsey, Lane Jalen Hurts sounds like he's been in the league for 10 years. Like, no, he'll find anything that bothers him. Yeah, well, that's that's the starting point for Hurts. He came into this league a veteran in that. We used to, I remember we used to have an argument or debate on my show about being a leader. And the the, the thought of if you're a leader, can you just walk into a new locker room and be a leader right away? Or do you have to ease yourself into a new locker room? And I always said, no, if you're a leader, your traits are being a leader. You walk right in and take control of the room, whether you know these people or not. Why? Because that's your personality. Like you are a leader. A leader doesn't wait his turn. He doesn't put his toe in the water and decide whether or not the water is warm. He jumps right in. At least that's the way I see it, right? You know, I can't remember who we were talking about that was this leader that we were, like, wondering when he was going to be taking control of the locker room. I'm like, if he hasn't by now, he's not a leader. The leader comes right in. Jalen Hurts, soon as he got that starting job or got the opportunity, he was the leader. That we always knew. So he was a veteran. We talk about these quarterbacks not being ready to play on the field. There was one thing he was ready for, and that was to take command of a team. And now that shines even brighter because his play is now, I don't want to say mirroring it, but it's gaining steam on his leadership. I'll tell you one thing. Maybe this is why I like Hurts so much. Hearing stories from his father, Avarian Hurts, who was a, was a football coach, he grew up in that mindset. He grew up around that. It, it, every situation, every scenario. Like last night, you don't even bring it up to him. And what the first thing he says, I remember the embarrassment of Monday Night Football last year. He remembered that. That blowout game against the, against the Cowboys. When the Cowboys, at, 
Everybody was questioning him left and right. Everybody was questioning that football team. Jalen Hurts used that as motivation last night. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to show the world on the national stage. I've arrived. We've arrived. This is our time. This is our moment. We are not going to let the Minnesota Vikings take what's up. I can imagine what Jalen Hurts says in a locker room to get you fired up. It's Yeah. That's well, it's weird crazy. because he seems like such a mild – he seems like such a mild-mannered guy. It seems like there's almost no fire in him, but it's very Brian Dawkins, Dawkins where Dawkins, you know, was a very mild-mannered guy off the field, and then you threw him through that tunnel, and he was, you know, Wolverine. I mean, it was crazy to see the transformation. Um, you know, I think Hertz is the right temperament for this particular team. It's a younger team, but you got some veterans mixed in, but the veteran guys – are already saying, man, this, you know, when you would ask anybody about Hurts last year, you never heard, man, this guy slings it or he's got an arm or he can make plays. He's a leader. That was definitive from the jump. So he has won over this group from the young players all the way, from the veterans all the way down to the young players. That is undoubted. Now, um, I want to go back to the, the comment I made about not scoring in the second half. There's two ways to look at this, right? Are they running the game out? Like I mentioned, run the ball, run the ball, shorten the game. You could say, yeah, they're trying to run the clock out, and that's admirable, but would you have liked to seen them maybe put their foot on the neck and 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 try to take some shots and just bury that team? And Hurt said that, too. I, I, I'll say this. The first drive they had in the second half, very good drive, very conservative drive, That you know, just running the clock down, moving the chains, getting first. Down. I think they ran like six, seven minutes off the clock right away. And, you know, I, I'm tweeting about the tweet, okay, field goal, field goal, field goal. And, you know, this is going to be good. Now they're going to be up 27-7. to seven. And um, pretty much everything happened there except for the blocked field goal. And Aaron yes. Supas probably made the play of the game by taking away all the momentum for the Vikings. He did, yes. And, by the way, laces were in. No good. Uh, but the, the the kick got blocked anyway. But yes, what a momentum killer right there! They get the block. The ball goes perfectly the opposite direction. Patrick Peterson, you know, your your all world corner picks it up and he gets tackled by the holder. I mean, boy, oh boy, what a way to deflate the tires! Because if he takes that to the house, there we got a completely different game, you know. And then they got the opportunity on the Gainwell interception and couldn't score either. Uh, Slay ended up getting in it. Slay could have had six interceptions last night. I mean, this is why you play corner and not wide receiver. But, man, oh, man, what a game he had. So, funny story. After the game, right, James Harden's waiting for Darius Slay. And, you know, I'm taking pictures of James Harden. First thing he says to Slay, they give each other a hug. Man, you should have had three or four picks. <laughs> and, and that's the first thing he says to him. And, you know, they're, they're chatting there. You know, he goes and hugs Jalen Hurts, too, but he's right. Like, Darius Slate had so many picks. I'm like, oh, pick. Oh, no. Okay, Darius Slate dropped it. And it, before the game, too, Mike, Jalen Hurts, I take Jalen Hurts throwing the ball to Darius Slate, and I'm like, is this a sign of what's to come tonight? Is Darius Slate going to get a big offensive play? Well, no, he made a couple of big defensive plays, but I I, I mean, overall, you got to be happy with the result. They're, they're 2-0. They look like they're one of the best Listen. teams in the NFC. I can't listen. And look, I have been someone over the years here. So I have never been a Howie Roseman hater. I am. I feel like Roseman, you've got one of the, the best GMs. Does he have his moments? Does he make mistakes? Thousand percent. But he has put together a roster. People don't like John Gannon. I have been steadfast on. 
I think Gannon's a smart guy. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he just needs to kind of learn his – I don't think he had very good personnel last year. I think he has better personnel this year. And if they didn't have a performance like last night, I think we would have been questioning them. That performance is there. They have that in them. And that's a good offense that they shut down last night. So be patient with John Gannon. Let him kind of get – the feelings of what he can do with Kaiser White and Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who we just got there, what, two days ago, uh, how to rotate his guys. I think he's getting a, a feel of how much can I use my tackles? How much can I use Josh Sweat to get the most out of him? How much can I use Brandon Graham coming off that injury? All this is fluid. So, And Jalen Hurts, I got into it with a guy on Twitter all offseason. We got to get Russell Wilson. You got to get someone else. I said, look. The Eagles are not, at the time, thinking Super Bowl. They're thinking, is this our franchise quarterback? Give him another year. If you get two full seasons and at the end you decide he's not the guy, you have draft capital to make a move, make a trade, go out and do who, get whoever you kind of want to target. The impatient nature of people is completely opposite of the way, of the way I think. So it's a pretty interesting dynamic. But I think you saw it all last night and all this offseason. Roseman does do a good job. Gannon does have it in him. And Jalen Hurts does have it in him. You just have to not judge them every single game, but a bigger pie. This uh, Before I let you go, Mike, the, the thing I'm rooting for this year, if you're an Eagles fan, this is what you should be rooting for too. Jalen Hurts has a big year like he did last night, just carries that over, and the Eagles win a lot of games because they're going to have two first-round picks, and all of a sudden the rich are going to get richer. Well, I'll leave you with this. Before the season, we all did one bold prediction for this Eagles season, and my bold prediction was that Jalen Hurts will win over the fans and and the fans will be hoping he signs that big $40 million a year contract because I think he's going to have that kind of year. Mike, I got to let you go. Obviously, you got to get your kids to school. Uh, once again, I really appreciate you for coming on. I know short notice with, with the quick turnaround with the game and stuff, but that's why you're the man, Mike Gill. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you. Yep. I'll see you next week, Mike. And I got to give my tribute to Joey McDonald. We're going to put a bow on the show, and I'll recap the game, and we'll sort of shift into week three. I want to talk some NFC East right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. 
of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Gonna wrap up the show here. There's a couple things I want to get into the game last night. I go on social media a lot, right? I, I'm not a fan of social media. I look, I build a brand on it, but there were a couple things that irked me last night, and it had to do with a certain team down in Dallas. Dallas wins one game, and all of a sudden, you you hear their writers just totally crap on the Eagles. Totally crap on them. Eagles don't play anybody. Eagles don't play anybody. They play, they play four teams that, to start the year, they play four teams that don't have a winning record. What a cake schedule. Oh, shut up. So annoying. Your team just beat a bad Bengals team. You win one game and all of a sudden you want to talk because you know why? Dallas is afraid of them. They're afraid of the Philadelphia Eagles. The writers are afraid. They're afraid of the Eagles. They're afraid of Jalen Hurts. Everything they say about Jalen Hurts are wrong. It's the best part about all this. And look, I, I think the Cowboys are a good football team. They have a really good defense. But shut up. They're ripping Carson Wentz today. Carson Wentz is tied for the lead in touchdown passes. He's the only quarterback in the NFL that has 10 completions of 20-plus yards. And they're ripping him. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid of the Washington Commanders. They're afraid of them. They're afraid of the Eagles. I'm surprised they're not afraid of the Giants. It's so annoying when you see this stuff. When you put facts in their face and they can't take it. They're trying to rush Dak Prescott back. They're desperate. They had a, the most impressive win out of anybody, including the Eagles, this week. And they still feel the need to belittle every opponent they face. I got news for the Dallas Cowboys. The New York Giants are coming. It's home, Monday Night Football. Brian Dable's going to be ready for them. I'm not saying Giants, I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying the Giants are going to win. 
But they're coming. You better not underestimate that team. They're 2-0 for a reason. I don't care who they played. I don't care who the Eagles played. They're 2-0. You're not. You're not. Every good team the Dallas Cowboys face, they don't beat. The Philadelphia Eagles finally got rid of that stigma last night. They got rid of it. It's gone. Finished. I don't want to hear the Eagles don't be a good team. I don't want to hear Jalen Hurts doesn't be a good team. That's over. That is done. The Vikings are a good football team. They beat a good football team last week in the Green Bay Packers. The Eagles did it. It's done. Finished. The Eagles will face another good football team this week in the Washington Commanders. Are they as good as the Vikings? No. But they do. Carson Wentz is off to a pretty good start with all his flaws. They have weapons across the board. Jahan Dotson, you will get used to him. You will get used to him. He's a very good football player. Terry McLaurin, we know what he does. Very good football player. But the Eagles could beat this Washington team because Washington does not have any depth at linebacker. They don't have any depth in the secondary. As my buddy Jordan DeJaney says, who will be on the show later this week, you can say they have one quarterback. I say they have two. He said you can say they have one. It's just really annoying when you see Dallas Cowboy writers, Dallas Cowboy fans just rip a team because they're playing very well and you thought they were going to lose that game. Dallas does not take the Eagles seriously, which is why week six is really going to be the next true test for Jalen Hurts. Because if he can play like that against the Dallas Cowboys defense, Jalen Hurts will be going to the Pro Bowl. The Eagles are going to be winning 12 games, and Dallas is going to look like a fool. And you know what they'll say? We didn't have that press card. That's all they ever say. They have every excuse for why they haven't won anything since the VHS era. The last time the Dallas Cowboys did anything of relevance, I had a Sega Saturn. I don't even know the Sega Saturn was out yet. That's all. That's all you got to say to these people. It's it's delusional. They follow their, their delusional owner. I'm telling you guys, it, it gets old, man. Look, I'm on 30 minutes of sleep here, but it gets old. It gets really, really old. This is a good division with some good football teams. The Eagles are one of them. I think the Commanders can be. I think the Dallas Cowboys are a good football team. But I'm just tired of, you don't win anything, so shut up. Just shut up. You don't win anything. Beat a good team. Beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. You don't. You beat the Bengals. I think they're a good team. But I don't know because they're 0-2. And they still have the same problems they did last year. It was an impressive win Sunday by the Dallas Cowboys. A very impressive win. I had them dead. They're not dead. Not yet. Not yet. If they lose to the Cowboys on Sunday, they're not. I mean, the Giants on Monday, they're not dead. No. They bought more time. They'll probably be in it when Dak Prescott gets back. But I'm telling you, they're afraid of week five against the Rams. They're afraid of week six against the Eagles. They know the Eagles are a legitimate threat in that division. Eagles showed that last night. Darius Slay was unbelievably good. Unbelievably good last night. That was all pro. That was all pro level from Darius Slay last night. And I'm I'm telling you, Darius Slay deserves all the credit in the world. James Bradbury had a really good game last night, too. Avante Max had a good game. This is a good football team, guys. It's a good football team. It is. Jordan Davis played as many snaps. I, I don't even care what the rookies do right now. Uh, the Eagles are. Very deep. 
They're deep. Um, especially a wide receiver. Quez Watkins. He is your fourth-fifth option. Fourth option wide receiver, fifth option overall. And he can beat you the way he did last night. That's what Eagles fans wanted to see. Zach Paschal was making plays last night. Uh, we know what A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith can do. Dallas Goddard, know what he can do. Eagles are winning football games because of his quarterback, too. Jalen Hurts is unbelievably good right now. It's a, it's actually kind of amazing. He only has one touchdown pass in all this. But he's got three rushing touchdowns. His pick last night, by the way, went out of Kenny Gainwell's hands. That shouldn't have been a pick. But the Eagles made up for it. I think the Eagles had a lot of stuff they needed to clean up. But overall, heck of a game. They were as dominant defensively in the second half as they were offensively in the first half. And those are typically the signs of a good football team. They got Washington. You got Jacksonville coming up. Arizona, not sure what to make of them. Then you got Dallas. Then you got the bye, I think. I got I to remember the schedule here. But you got to like, uh, Sunday's going to be a big test, too. Because you're going down Washington. Carson Wentz ain't going to say he's got revenge on his mind, but he does. He's not Jalen Rager. He's not stupid. So Carson's playing well. The Eagles got to be ready for it. They got to blitz him. And Washington's, they got to get pressure on Carson Wentz. Washington's offensive line. They just lost their starting center, uh, Chase Ruler, for the year. Their chance to feast. They did it last night. Took advantage of Garrett Bradbury and what the Vikings provide. So they can do it again. They can do it again. They can get pressure on Carson Wentz. And Wentz ain't the same guy from 2016, 2017 that could make unbelievable plays to skim from the pocket and outrun people. He can still make plays outside the pocket, just not the way we're used Eagles fans now. They know. It's going to be a fun game Sunday. I, I'm excited because I I'm I like a lot of things about this Commanders football team. But they're so weak on the back end. It's, it's I mean, Jalen Hurts could do this again Sunday, what he did last night against the Vikings. He really can. There's opportunity there. Um, I got to thank Tone to Shields for starting to show me today. Mike Gill for coming in on last minute. It's been a long night for all of us. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the post-game show last night on Jacob Sports. I got some coverage from this game on CBS. Uh, got to break down every team in week two. That's what I'm going to do next before I finally go get some sleep. Um, once again, my name is Jeff Kerr. Birds 365, Joey McDonald, and John McMullen coming up right after this. Football playbook with Brick Sertel right after that. And then you got the, the boys at Sports Take with Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks, uh, yeah, uh, Derek Gunn. Gonna be a good, gonna be a good day on the Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, stay, stay on this network, please. Listen to our content. Have a good day, guys. See you tomorrow. Go to get your gift.